Well, amen, all God's people said, amen. Thank you so much, Phil, uh, for that beautiful song. Thank you for Luke, for leading us in our time of worship. Amazingly, the message this morning is there is a difference. We want to be different, and there is a difference. And so take your Bible, if you would, and turn to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, and I do want to preach this message entitled, There is a Difference. And I want to go ahead and give you a spoiler alert this morning. Uh, this message is not politically correct. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. It's not. Uh, everything that I have to say this morning goes against the culture in which we live. And I'm not going to pull any punches and I'm not going to sugarcoat this truth. And the truth is this. That the gospel of Jesus Christ is not compatible with any other world system of belief. I want to say it again. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is not compatible with any other world system of belief. The exclusivity of Jesus is ground zero. And listen very carefully. There, there's nothing uh, second or, or tertiary about it. This is vital. Uh, this is non-negotiable, and it is a deal-breaker without a doubt. Uh, when you look at the world in which we live, church, listen, we live in a wor world of diversity. Uh, we live in a world of pluralism. We, we live in a world of tolerance. We live in a world of universalism where the world would say it does not matter which path you take, all paths lead to heaven. I want you to know that the teaching of Jesus Christ is the antithesis of that. Jesus says the exact opposite of that, and we're going to see that this morning in our passage of Scripture. And He wants us to see it very clearly. And so if you would, take your Bible and stand, if you can, this morning, in honor and reverence, the reading of God's Word, stand, and uh, we want to look beginning in verse 33 of Luke chapter 5. The Bible says, Then they said to him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers, and likewise those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. And he said to them, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast in those days. Then he spoke a parable to them, No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one, otherwise the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins, and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. 
but new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And no one, having drunk old wine, immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we bow before you, and we thank you so much for your word. Father, I just pray that you would help us to see truth this morning. Father, I pray, God, that you would give me clarity of thought, an excellent recall of the things that I've studied, those things this morning and this week that I've bathed in prayer. Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, that, that you would just be with us in, in, in your manifest presence in this church house today. And we'll be very careful to give you the thanks and the praise, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. There are two things that I want you to notice in this passage of Scripture this morning. First of all, I want us to notice together the accusation. Uh, the accusation. When you look at verse 33, the very first word in verse 33 is the word, then. Anytime you run into the word then, you wonder, when is then? Well, each of the synoptic gospels place our text that we just read after a certain event in the life of Jesus. And that event was this. It was the conversion of Levi, the tax collector. You remember that, that he saw Jesus and, and he got up and he followed Jesus and he left everything. And another thing that he did that was unique is that he threw a party. The Bible says that he gathered his tax collector friends, and, and it also says, and sinners, and, and he had a get-together. He had a hoedown, a hootenanny, a wingding. He had a party. That's exactly what happened. He absolutely had a party, and they were having a great time. That's when this took place. And so, then they. We have to ask ourselves the question, who they are. Um, Matthew says that, that it was the disciples, listen, of John the Baptist. Mark's gospel also adds that, that it was the disciples of the Pharisees. And so, the disciples of John the Baptist and the disciples of the Pharisees, they ask Jesus a question. Really, they are accusing him. Really, they are calling Jesus on the carpet. And can I go ahead and tell you, that is not a good idea. So if you look at verse 33, he says this, Then they said to him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers, and likewise those of the Pharisees, but listen, but yours just eat and eat and eat and drink and drink and drink. This is what he's saying. You're having a good time, stop it. That's basically what he is saying. They're saying, you're having a good time, stop it. You see, the disciples of John the Baptist and the disciples of the Pharisees it seemed were anti-joy. They were anti-happy. They were suspicious of joy. John the Baptist's disciples had bought into John the Baptist, but as of yet, they had not bought into Jesus Christ. 
and the disciples of the Pharisees and the Pharisees themselves, they had these wonderful spiritual disciplines, but what they had done is this. They had added man-made requirements onto those disciplines. They had piled on man-made laws and man-made requirements. You see, the law said that that the Jews were to fast one day a year, and that is the Day of Atonement. Well, the Pharisees wanted to look more pious than that, and so they decided they were going to fast on Mondays, and they were going to fast on Thursdays, and, and what they did is they walked around, and if you were eating or if you were drinking, they would look down upon you. We know that that they also uh, had trouble in their prayer times and and their giving. The Bible says in Matthew 6, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, when you're giving, don't sound a trumpet, whatever you do. Don't draw attention to yourself and sound a trumpet. And when you're praying, don't go out into the marketplace and and lift your voice and have vain repetition. And, And when you fast, comb your hair for crying out loud. Wash your face. Um, And so what was happening is the the disciples of John the Baptist and the disciples of the Pharisees, they were looking and they were looking at Jesus and His disciples and they were saying, why are you not going by our rules? I want to remind you of a story in Luke chapter 18 and, and verse 9. Look at this story. You will remember this. Also, he, Jesus, spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. Isn't that interesting? He prayed thus with himself. God I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers. And this is the way I just picture it in my mind, or even as this tax collector over here. That's the way I I picture it, even as this tax collector. Listen, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted." You see, what they were doing is they were saying, I fast twice a week, I do this and I do that. Why do your disciples not do that? And, and so we see the accusation. And the second thing, and where we're going to spend the bulk of our time this morning, is this, and that is the answer. Jesus is the answer, and Jesus is giving the answer. And I want you to notice what he says in verse 34 of your Bible. And he said to them, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? You see what he's doing, church? He's using 
an analogy. And what he's saying is this, that weddings are fun. Weddings are fun. I tell you what, there's hardly anything better in all this world than a wedding cake. I love wedding cake. There's just something about a wedding cake. Amen? Oh, my soul, they're delicious. And then you have cheese balls and sausage balls and you got pigs in a blanket. That's fun. And then you, then you have punch. I don't ever drink punch except for when I'm at a wedding. But I tell you what, I go two or three times when I'm at a wedding. And, and just you, you, you punch, that's fun. And then you do the chicken dance. No, 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 no. And that's fun. And Jesus is saying weddings are fun. They're They're exciting. And then he drops a, a, a truth bomb on them. He said, back in verse 34, he said this, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? In other words, you don't come to a wedding to fast. You don't go to a wedding to sit in the corner and suck your thumb and, and look miserable. And, and you just don't do that. Because why? The bridegroom is there. And then I love this. This is what he says in verse 35. He said, by the way, I'm the bridegroom. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away. Those two words, taken away, in the Greek language, it means suddenly and violently snatched away. That, that's what it means in the Greek suddenly and violently snatched away. In the book of Luke, this is the seminal passage that deals with his death. He had already shared uh, about his life, and here he begins to share about the death that he would die. We looked at these two passages last week, but I want us to see them afresh and anew. In Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 21, notice what it says in verse 21 and 22. And he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. So he mentions it in our text, and then he continues to mention it throughout the Gospels. We find in Luke chapter 18, beginning in verse 31, Then he took the twelve aside and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. For he will be delivered to the Gentiles, and will be mocked and insulted and spit upon. They will scourge him and kill him, and the third day he will rise again. Aren't you glad that's in there? Amen. He will rise again. So, our text, Jesus is saying, Listen, you don't go to a wedding to, to fast and, and to look miserable. Because the bridegroom is there. I'm the bridegroom, but I'm going to be taken away. And, and when I'm taken away, then, then you're going to fast. He gives them an analogy. 
But then he moves from an analogy to a parable, to an example. He moves to an illustration. Notice what it says in verse 36, and this is the first parable that we find in the book of Luke. It says, Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one, otherwise the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. Now that's just, that's so simple that if we're not careful, we'll miss it. What are you saying in that verse, in verse 36, what are you saying is this, we don't go to Macy's and buy a brand new pair of blue jeans and cut out a hole and then use that to patch that ratty old pair of jeans that you do yard work in. Uh, That's what he's saying. We don't do that. By the way, nowadays when they have holes in them or slits in them, they're $250. But we don't do that. What what is Jesus saying? He's saying, listen, the patch doesn't match. That patch is not going to work. You're going to take it from the, the new pair of jeans or the shirt or the new garment and you're going to patch it onto the old that's already been washed and washed and washed, and it's going to shrink and it's going to tear. And what are you saying, church, is this. You don't patch the gospel onto anything else. You do not take the gospel of Jesus Christ and patch it onto any other religious belief. That great theologian, Oprah Winfrey, said, one of the biggest mistakes humans make is to believe that there is one way. Actually, there are many diverse paths leading to what you call God. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Peter said in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Now I don't know about you, but I'm going to believe more in the gospel of Jesus than I do in the gospel of Oprah. Oprah Winfrey didn't die for me, Jesus did. He's the only way. Now the world, I'm telling you, I told you when I first started, this is not politically correct. Because the world would say, just like this talk show host here, that there are all kinds of ways that that you can get to heaven. There's just all kinds of ways that you can get to heaven. Jesus said, I am the only way. The exclusivity of Jesus is the linchpin of the gospel. 
He is the only way. They were looking and Jesus was sharing this parable. He had already shared an analogy about a wedding. And then he shares this illustration. And and, and it's almost like he's saying in his heart, well, if you didn't get those two, I've got another. And in verse 37, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and will be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Back in that day, they would take wine, and they would pour it into animal skins. They would cut out the animal skin, they would sew it all together, and they would put the wine into these animal skins. It's disgusting and gross to me. But that's what they would do. But what would happen if it was new wine, new wine, when it ferments, it releases gases, and and it will expand, and it will burst, If they put it in old wineskins that are brittle. And that's why Jesus says, listen, nobody does that. You don't put new wine into old wineskins. They're they're brittle and and, and they they no longer expand and and they're going to burst and, and you're going to lose everything. It's going to be spilled out onto the ground. And so what Jesus is saying is this, you cannot mix the gospel of Jesus Christ with any other religious belief. You can't patch it, you can't mix it. Jesus is the only way, and He wants us to know that clearly this morning. And can I tell you something? I don't care what anybody else says. I hit 55 years old yesterday, and maybe it's just because I'm getting older. But I was like this at 19 when I started preaching. I don't care. Jesus is the only way. I don't care what anybody else says. Listen, Larry King interviewed several years back a, a mega pastor. This guy had really great hair. I respected him for that. Pretty white teeth. A gigantic church in Houston, Texas. An author wrote a book titled, This is Your Best Life Now. It's Joel Osteen. Okay, listen. King said this. What if you are Jewish, Jewish or Muslim and you don't accept Christ at all. I want you to help me count how many times this mega pastor said, I don't know. All right? Now let me reread the question. What if you're Jewish or Muslim, Larry King said, and, and you don't accept Christ at all? Osteen, you know, I'm very careful about saying who would and who would not go to heaven. I don't know. King, if you believe you have to believe in Christ, they are wrong, aren't they? 
the mega pastor? Well, I don't know if I believe they're wrong. I believe here's what the Bible teaches, and from the Christian faith, this is what I believe, but I just think that only God will judge a person's heart. I spent a lot of time in India with my father. I don't know about all their religion, but I know they love God. And I don't know, I, I've seen their sincerity, I just don't know. I know for me what the Bible teaches, I want to have a relationship with Jesus, I just don't know. I know. The only reason I know is because the Bible says so. And so I wish Larry King would interview me. Because if he said that, I would say, listen, it doesn't matter. You're looking at me and you say, Pastor, you're so narrow. You're so narrow, you don't even believe. You don't believe, you don't believe that Baptists are going to get to heaven. I don't believe all of them are, amen? If he interviewed me, I'd say, listen, the only way to heaven is Jesus. That's, that's, and that's what Jesus is saying here. Listen, on the onset of his ministry, as he's walking around, they, they come up to him and, and they accuse him and, and they're saying, you're a fuddy-duddy and, and, and listen, uh, or you're a wine-bibber, I should say. You're a glutton and a wine-bibber. Jesus lays this analogy and these illustrations on him and then... And then the Bible says in verse 39, And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new. For he says the old is better. You see, false religion deadens our spiritual senses. These other ways, these other paths deaden. You're so far into the old wine, you have no interest in the new. When I look at this passage of Scripture, I saw how powerful this truth is and how Jesus was really hammering this truth home. I thought about a message that one of you sent me on Facebook. It was a private message. I want to read it to you. It was private, but I want to read it to you, which means I need to find it. There it is. Okay, this was uh, sometime this week. And um, I was sitting there about, uh, let's see, when it came in uh, this week, about 8 o'clock in the evening. I was sitting there minding my own business. One of you sent on private message and it said, hello, how are you doing? And I looked and I recognized one of you. And I said, doing okay, how are you? And you responded could always be better, but it's treating me pretty well right now. 
Have you heard from UDLG yet? And I responded, UDLG, question mark. And you responded, it is a bonus from the United States Department of Labor. Have you heard from them? Uh-huh. They're having a promotional program to help retired, well, that's not me, workers, okay, I fit there, youth, I fit there, old and disabled with cash in the society. You wrote, I saw your name, too, on their list when I received my money from the UPS. Did you get anything from them? I was getting excited. I said, no. Man, I was fired up. And you responded, I think you have to contact them now to claim your money from them. Do you know how to do that? I said, no, I don't. How do you do that? You responded, here is the agent text number. And here's the number. Text him now with your full name that you want to claim your money from them. And all of a sudden, something started happening in my brain. You're way ahead of me. I'm dense. But something started happening in my brain, and so I type back and I say, Thank you so much. How was George this morning? Or this evening, I should say. And uh, one of you that sent me, you don't have a George in the house. And so he just ignored that and said, message him right now so I can guide you through, okay? So I say again, thank you so much. How was George doing this evening? And you wrote, very fine. I knew so I'll just pick it now. I said, what's his last name? No response. So I typed in, hello, where did you go? And you type back, I'm here. And I said, what's George's last name? And you, you type back, don't bother to ask me if you're not trusting this. So I typed in, laughing out loud, you want my credit card number right now, I guess. Where are you located? You almost had me. And then they put a video on, and I'm not going to tell you what that video was. It was a fast video that came on and went off. I'm not going to tell you what that was. It was not nice. Now, it had me at the very beginning. It did. Because it came from one of you. You're here this morning. It came from one of you, but it didn't come from one of you. You understand what I'm saying? But because I know you, things begin to not ring true. Because as, I, as you responded, I thought, they wouldn't respond that way. That's not their personality. That, that doesn't sound right. Now, I'm going somewhere. That doesn't sound right. 
And then I realized it's not right. Let me tell you something, church. The world in which we live is trying its best to confuse you and to deceive me. And they use words like tolerance. And, 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 and they, they throw out and say, how in the world could one billion Muslims be wrong? How in the world could Joseph Smith be wrong when, when he said an angel by the name of Moroni or Macaroni or some angel uh, pointed him to golden plates? I tell you how he's wrong because the Bible says in Galatians 1 verse 8, if we or even an angel from above tell you any other gospel than this gospel, let him be anathema. Let him be accursed. And how any billion or 500,000 or millions of people can be wrong is because they are going outside of the Word of God. And the exclusivity of Jesus is the stumbling block for this world today. They say there's no way that Jesus is the only way. And I'm here to say Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. And the only way, the only way that you can not be confused or not be deceived is to know the Word of God. And then listen carefully, and things will not ring true. And you'll say, that doesn't sound like the Word. That doesn't sound like the Word. Sounds good, but it doesn't sound like the Word. Jesus was looking at him and saying, you can't patch anything into the gospel this is the gospel. You can't mix anything into the gospel. This is the gospel. Do you believe that gospel? Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. and We're going to have a time this morning of decision. We're going to have a time this morning of decision, and if you're here today and maybe, just maybe, this world has hoodwinked you. You're here today, and maybe, just maybe, this culture has sucked you in, thinking that there are many paths to heaven. Today you've realized that Jesus said, I'm the only way. Maybe today you need to come and give your heart to Christ. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Maybe today you need to come and get on bended knee and just spend some time with King Jesus this morning. Maybe today you've been visiting this church and you want to be a part of a church that's not politically correct. 
You want to be a part of the church that believes the Bible is the Word of God. And it's preached without fear or favor from all of our pastors. And maybe today you want to come and place your life here and just say, Preacher, I want to join White Oak Baptist Church. I want to be a part of that church. This invitation is for you. Come and be saved this morning if, if you've never been saved. Come and spend some time at the altar if you need to. Or come this morning and place your life, your family here. Very quietly, very reverently, would you stand? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you stand? And I'm going to pray. Right after I pray, we're going to sing. And I invite you to come. Father, on this Sunday after Easter, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that the flowers may fade and the grass may wither, but the word of God abides forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that it is inspired, that it is infallible, that it is inerrant, and we can bank our life on the Word of God. And Father, I just ask right now, Lord Jesus, I just ask right now that you would be with our time together. Father, if there's someone here this morning and they need to, to give their heart to Christ, or if there's someone here this morning and today's the day that they want to join this wonderful fellowship, I pray that they would do that as, as we sing. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing together.